Welcome, welcome. Welcome to EOB Salon Talk. EOB Salon Talk is much more than hair talk. It's about conversation that actually happens in the salon, like marriages, relationship, community issues, politics. Let's talk. Hello, hello once again, and welcome to EOB Salon Talk Season 2. Tonight's guest is no other than Mr. Charnay Fair. How are you tonight, sir? I'm good, Sister Giles. How are you? This is such a pleasure to have you in this platform here. Thank you for having me. Thank you, thank you so much for agreeing to be a guest here. Absolutely. And before we go into the question, I just want to just give a little backstory of how how we know each other. Like, we've met what? I'm going to shock you right now. It's more than nine years ago. Yeah. Well, it's more than nine years ago. I had opened my other salon, which is 11 now. Wow. And two years after I opened, I was switching furniture and stuff out. And I remember I came and you were working at a school. Yep. I was the director of the charter school here in Mount Vernon. Yep. And I actually came there and did some girls here. They were doing a performance. Yep. So that's how we actually met. Yep. And I remember we met, we had conversations, and we were having conversations. And what's weird to me is, what's amazing, it's not weird, let me fix that. Mm -hmm. What's amazing to me is that our conversations that we were having was about what we're about to talk about now. And most people- Back then. Back then. Right. That was what, nine years ago. Yeah, I only remember it's nine years because the salon was two years old. Mm Mm-hmm. And you came in and you were like, nice space, and we talked. Yep. And I said, I'll come and help you. I'll do the girls for you. And, you know, I donated some chairs and stuff. So before I dived in, I know you are. Can you introduce yourself to the viewers, actually? Sure. I need you to do that. (laughs) Okay. What's up, everybody? How you doing? My name is Shawnee Fair. I'm the executive director and founder of Westchester Barber Academy and Westchester Barber Academy Foundation. So, we spoke about you doing a Barber Academy in nine years ago, and it's a pleasure. Uh, I am very proud to see you actually. I love to see people living their dream. Thank you. And doing what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And we're going to get into the other stuff later. But before, I know you're a barber, so Mm -hmm. it was a Barber Academy. Mm -hmm. How did the pandemic, I know we're still going through COVID-19 right now. Yeah. How did that actually affect your business? Because as I hear stylists, I have stories for days. Right. So, well, before I answer that, let me just get into the four quadrants that exist for Westchester Barber Academy. So, And this is important to me answering your question. So we have site contracts. We have 13 site contracts where we go to places where people are confined to a space for whatever reason. And we either teach an intro to barbering course or we actually cut about 40 people in a matter of hours. Oh. Right. So hold on to that for a second. Mm-hmm. Then we have the barbershop. Then we have the barber school for anyone who's attempting to get licensed. Mm-hmm. And then we have the foundation, which is our nonprofit 501c3. Right. So with that being said, the pandemic, um, we like everyone else, we were forced to close down. <laughs> right. Close down for three months. But having 13 contracts with different organizations within the city of New York, <laughs> they are some agencies are notorious for delayed payments right (laughs) so not to put anybody on the spot but during the pandemic there were a lot of our uh there were a lot of our agencies that were 
three and four invoices behind. Of course. Right. So when we had to shut down, you know, luckily they were behind. So when we shut down, they checks were still trickling <laughs> in. You know, so um, See the blessing? absolutely, mm. absolutely. And the, the contracts exist just in case um, the business, you know, right. for whatever reason. It's slow. Exactly. And then the business exists just in case the contracts ever, you know, dissipate. So, right. so with that being said, um, the we had to take a pause, right? But there's always blessings. There's always opportunity in the darkest of places, right? And if you think of it for face value, it's like, oh, well, we can't really, um, you know, we can't really work. Things are shut down, everything. But one of the things that we talked about over the phone was keep working. No matter what, keep working. If you think about it with NBA players who had their season halted right before they went to the playoffs, um, some of them could have been like, all right, well, you know what? We don't got to play. We don't know when we're playing again. I'm just not going to be in shape. I'm just going to stay home, put on an extra few pounds or whatever, and I'm on vacation. But there were other people that actually continued to work even when there was no goal in sight. But what I like with what you just said was, I think, so the question was, right, how did the pandemic affect you? Mm -hmm. So it affect you because money wasn't coming in. But then you answered my other question was the blessings in it, yeah. right? Yeah. And what a lot of people on this platform may not know, you are one of the few people that we spoke on the phone during the pandemic. On a regular basis. Almost yep. every single day. Yeah. We were going through plans and stuff to do yeah. during the pandemic. Most people are not aware. Right. We had a meet. I remember, and I'm going to say this now. Yeah. I remember we had a, a meeting and you called me and said, oh, let's do a meeting. And then you said, oh, what's your Zell? <laughs> you said, no, I respected your time. And you Zell me money. And you said, no, no I get it. And you Zell me because we were talking about another project, which we're going to talk about later. Yeah. So we're going to be here for a little while. That's all right. I got time. For you, I got time. <laughs> so I appreciated that because you are someone, and I will say I love to tell people thank you because people wait till later to say I'm grateful and I thank you because thank you. while I was sitting there with a creative mind, I could call you and we would brainstorm about stuff and I'm like, man. Somebody really thinks in the same manner you're thinking. You know, we, we spoke about doing some stuff for the other conversation, but yeah, we're going to yeah, have. Yeah. And I am grateful that actually, you know, it, everything we say we're going to do, we are doing. Yep. So which leads me to my next question. What was the blessing for you? What would you think the blessing was? Because I've had, I could tell you a couple of blessings from this pandemic. Mm -hmm. What would be your blessing? One, because I know you've had many. Can I give you two? Two. <laughs> two. Well, one, it was the blessing of, you know, not being able to operate. Folks had to really appreciate uh, what it is to get a haircut, right? People were <laughs> confined to their spaces, right? They couldn't go anywhere. And then they're growing their facial hair, they're growing their hair on top of their head, and they're like, man, I really miss my barber. Not only for the, uh, you know, for, for their groom, the grooming aspect, but they miss their barber because also it was that confidentiality, it was that conversation, it was just 
that human contact, you know, just that camaraderie with with another person. So that was that was one. And then two, honestly, there's blessings in uncertainty. Ah, there's blessings in uncertainty. If you know where the finish line is, right? If you see the finish line, would you work as hard? Right? You like, all right, I just got to do enough to pass this fit finish line. But when you can't see the goal in sight, it's going to make you force it's going to force you to work harder because you don't know how how much you got to crawl, how much you got to scrap, you know? And in that process, you actually find something about yourself. You you learn how resilient you you are. I I, I say it all the time that success when it's not used right as a horrible teacher. Right. Right. Because a lot of people are successful and they don't understand. They don't really ask themselves the question mm -hmm. of, okay, why am I successful? It's right. just like, all right, we hit our number and that's it. That's it. Right. But when you, but failure is an excellent teacher because it puts a mirror in front of your face and you see things that you don't like. You are on a fishbowl. People see you fail. You're embarrassed. It humiliates you on such a level that you're like, all right, man, I don't like this. I got to change some stuff. So you say something that I actually kind of live by a lot. So a lot of people are afraid to fail. Yep. But one of my greatest thing is, and we spoke about this on one of our calls. That's why I could speak on it yeah. now, right? Is that. Failure for what what most people consider as failure. I consider as a learning experience, right? I consider as a blessing mm -hmm. So in order for you to succeed sometimes you gotta fail you gotta fail you guys so for me That's a powerful statement. Yeah. You just made right there. Yeah, this in order for you to really reach success You actually have to know gotta fail what it means to fail. Yeah, and I chuckle because I had a conversation with a friend of mine last night that reminded me of that. Right. And it reminded me, I knew I was doing this interview, and it reminded me of a conversation we had. And I think we said the same thing during the conversation. Yep. And I'll say it in this platform, in order for you to appreciate where you are today, you have to know where you're coming from. Mm -hmm. But not only know, you have to always remember and always appreciate who you were. Who were you? If you forget who you were, you will never be able, <laughs> you'll never be able to understand and appreciate what it is that you've done in life. So me saying that. So Charnay, I know you do the Barber Academy and one of the conversation we used to have on the telephone during COVID on a Zoom call every single month. Was it Monday or Tuesday? Tuesday? It was Monday. Yeah. Mondays. Monday. Uh, um, it, right now, it's still ting on my phone, and I left <laughs> it there for a purpose. It's a reminder right. for me that, you know what, doesn't matter what it is. Sometimes you got to sit still. Yeah. So we sit still, and we came up with a plan, and we spoke about we spoke about this nine years ago. Yeah. I said, Shana, you know what? I'm going to do a school. We're going to do this. And he's like, that's how we connected. Yep. See, most people may not know that. We mm -hmm. connected because we had um, the Similar exact yep. same vision. Mm -hmm. Like, most people, it's very hard to find people with the same vision. Right. If, if, and I'll, I've never told you this, but I'm going to tell you. Uh -oh. I laugh yeah. sometimes. I sat in, in meetings that we've had, even at the Barber Academy. Yeah. 
And I sat and I looked at it and I'm like, this is happening. Our blueprint, if you put the blueprint together, it's, it covers each other mm -hmm. because it's similar blueprint. And right. I could appreciate, most people would never appreciate that, but I appreciate that to see a man, uh, a black man, not only do you do that, you do for your community. We Thank spoke you. about Same opening a beauty school mm -hmm. and you call me and say, okay, that, that, that during COVID, everything was done during COVID. Yeah. Um, approval, da, 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 during COVID. So I'll, if I ask you what one of the greatest things that happened during COVID, it would be that for me, for you. Yeah. Because we, we planned it, we said, and then you called me and said, the space is available. <laughs> I remember we were in a meeting and you looked at the space and you said, um, I'm looking at a space and I told you about a space that far from me. And I said, but this space next door should be yours. And you say, I think it's mine. Yeah. And I said, hmm. And I visualize it for you, and I know you visualize it mm -hmm. too, because we, we have the same conversations. Yeah. And I'm glad that now I could see. You now could turn, in turn, teach the youth, <clears throat> which is another thing we're going to talk about, is how much you're doing in the community. Mm. We are not, as business owner and as young people coming up, doing business in our community we're not giving back as much mm -hmm. and i wanted to do this interview with you because of how much you give back mm, thank you you know we're not giving back you don't always give back to get right we give back because we real you genuine you genuinely want to see that you win absolutely so i want you to tell me a little bit about the, the the summer program you did for the youth. Oh man! Just tell me a little bit about it. I know about it. I ain't gonna talk about it. I need you to tell me you about it. You guys might not be able to shut me up about this. Um. So, uh, you know, years ago, before all of this got started, um, we did a pilot pro program at the local charter school here in Mount Vernon, and uh, since then. People have always been responding to us and say, hey, what about the younger folks? I know you got to be 17 to get licensed and everything like that. But what about the younger folks? Mm -hmm. You know, and uh, we kind of dipped away from that for a little bit. Uh, but I always had it had it in the back of my mind. And then I really you know, thought about it. My wife, who's a who's an educator, um, was just talking to me about how, you know, how thirsty some of the children are for human contact. They've been yeah. on, you know, they've been on Zoom, they've been on, you know, virtual classrooms for a year plus and everything. And now that things started to open back up over the summertime, you know, parents are just looking for places to to uh, send their, their children. And I knew that from the pilot that we did at the local charter school that, um, you know, you teach kids how to make money you could teach them Pythagorean theorem, whatever. At the youngest of ages, most of them know exactly what they're not going to use, what they're going to use, and what they're not going to use in Facts. the future, Facts. right? So, um, she, you know, my wife was like, "Yeah, you should do a camp," and I was like, uh, "Okay." I knew everything that it was going to entail. It was going to entail a lot of me. It was it was going to entail me giving a lot of myself. Mm -hmm. So I reluctantly was like, "All right." Let me. All right. Cool. No problem. Especially selfishly, you know, my kids, uh, Chelsea and Corey, were not in camp that week. So I really designed this program with my kids in mind, but not just my kids. Everybody who attended that camp 
was my child, was my child. All right, so they got the benefits of that. So we did two things. We did a one-week uh, Future Barbers entre Entrepreneur Camp where we taught them about the basics of haircutting, uh, business, uh, financial literacy, entrepreneurship, even chess to really uh, get them to think in a sense of strategy mm -hmm. um, and uh, you know, just taught them to start with something small and multiply their efforts uh, you know, the multiples of 10, like in the Steve Harvey, Harvey video, um, and, and really start from something small and end up with something bigger. If you continue to delay the harvest and reinvest in what got you here. So, um, two weeks after that, we did a uh, future braiders camp also, uh, for the girls. Uh, the girls were 11 to 14. The boys were 10 to 13. And, um, it was, it was really just a beautiful experience because, you know, with our organization, we teach folks who are in high school. We teach folks who are incarcerated. We go to the nursing home and 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 cut their hair. We have the the local shelters, uh, men's shelter, come in to get haircuts and everything. So we've had all of these areas, these buckets covered. But you know, yeah, the children do exactly, and the and the children are our most precious resource. Mm -hmm. They are our future. So we were just saying like, we need to do something for, for the kids. So we actually did it. And it was like, for me, it was the best experience. Um, we ended off with an ice cream sale and I can talk about that. I told for you for the guy, for I, the, both for, for the girls was, and the guy. I'm going to tell you. Yeah. So I came by and helped out just, just a little bit. Yeah. Just, thank you. You know, I was a part just a little bit. And I will say it was very fulfilling. Thank you. It was very fulfilling to see how in, into it these girls were. Yeah. They wanted to learn. They, you know, the partings weren't right. They wanted to get the partings straight. They wanted to get it straight. So yep. they, you know, and I'm like, I said, no, um, that would work because, it, no, I wanted to. And the perfection for them was everything. Yeah. Because they wanted to finish, finish the job. You know, a lot of times when we have young people, and this is why this interview was important to me. Me too. We are not kind of feeding the the youth because yeah. we as veterans, I, I, I don't know if I'm calling myself a veteran yet, but I'm just saying, you know, <laughs> very soon I will be a veteran, maybe 15 years, 20, 40, 50 years from now, but I'm just saying, you know, they're coming up. And I, you yeah. know, I remember I went to a conference and they did the song, I believe the children are our future. Mm -hmm. But a lot of us are not really believing that our youth are our future. You know, most of what I do, I like to use the younger people. I have older people that could do everything right. I do. Right. You know, but I like to use the younger people. I get frustrated sometimes. And we, we've spoke about that. Absolutely. But you know what? The patience, having patience, so I'll say to you also, thank you for having patience with our youth. And thank you for giving back to the community because people don't understand that's a community thing. Thank you. And you have to give back sometimes to the community. Uh, <laughs> there's a saying, to whom much is given. Much is required. Much is required. That's one of mine. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to ask you, what is one of your favorite things? I got a lot. Um, so do I. <laughs> Uh, I heard one, or, one for now. Right, You're gonna give me right. another one later. All right, let me let me think. Of my favorite saying, um, quote per se, 
If you do something you love, you never work a day in your life. Ah. If you do something you love, you will never work a day in your life. Because I don't work. Right. You know, I was, I was having this conversation. It's funny. You, we're yeah. in tune, yeah. by the way. Absolutely. It, it, it's... People have asked me this question before. What's your job? I don't have a job. Right. I do what I love. I do what is gifted to me. Doing here is a passion. You know, like before we spoke about retirement, like how am I going to retire? If I retire, I have to do here at least once or twice a week. And then I'm like, no, but you have this going on. And I'm struggling with retiring and not retiring because I'm doing what I love. This is the only thing you could call me at two in the morning to do is to style somebody's hair. Or to get up last couple of months for a bride at four in the morning and actually start working at four in the morning. Meaning I'm see you're setting up. So I get it. To whom much is given, much much is is required. required. So with that being said, I want to ask you this. Yeah. We spoke about the Barber Academy for the guys. And Mm -hmm. now we're working on the... Cosmetology department. The cosmetology department. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So, so, um, well, let me say, because we're an official licensed school, we don't have to just teach barbering. We don't have to teach just cosmetology. We could teach anything as long as the instructor's licensed. And the curriculum is approved by the state of New York. So eventually, we're going to replace all of the trades that got extracted out of high schools. Electrical, carpentry, plumbing, all of those things. And actually be a resource to to other folks. But right now, cosmetology is a big one. Because, um, you know, the whole time that I feel bad about this because... The whole time we have all of these accomplishments for barbering and everyone's like, what about the girls? What about the ladies? And I'm like, all right, that's coming. Give us a give us a chance. But um, we're approved to teach cosmetology. And like I said, like we talked about before, um, you know, being a business owner is really a faith journey. Right. Because you really take the things that are in your head, you put them down on paper, and then from when it goes to paper, it goes to actually a, a, a physical document. It goes to a bank account. It goes to a credit card with your business name and logo on it, everything. So um, when it comes to cosmetology, like we said, if you want to move, start packing your bags. <laughs> you know, just start. No, that's a funny one. It definitely is because what we said during the pandemic, keep working. No matter and that what. was one of our favorite things. If we want, if you want to move, Claudette, start Pack packing your, your bags. Bag. Charnay, yep. if you're gonna move, start packing your bag. When the space came yep. came about, I said, "Well, pack your bags." We went. You remember? I remember we went to the city. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. I know where I, you're going. I'm, I'm gonna tailor this nicely. Yeah. So we went to the city, and what was powerful for me was a young black man. Mm. Two black female mm-hmm. went to the city, drove in a prominent school mm-hmm. that was going out of business, and unload them off their burden and bailed them out. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I we keep saying. I remember me, you, and Maya. I think drove down, and yep. the conversation was very inspiring. We we keep saying, you keep saying, well. We don't know where the space is coming from. I said, well, Sharni, I don't know. I'll keep looking. Yep. We, we look through a list of places, yep. remember? Yep. And you said, 
You remember you told me to pack my bag? I packed my bag because other <laughs> people are packing and the space just come to be. It taught me a lesson. I, I, I get lessons from every single person way, yep. that I meet. Yeah. I had lessons from every single person that I meet in life because I believe that's a very powerful thing in life. Don't always think you are bigger than the room that you can't learn lessons. And one of the lessons I learned was if you pack your bag, you go move. And we packed our bags. Yep. We, do you and, and, and you know what was crazy is that like God moves according to your faith. Hey. And you could not have, they say faith is taking the first step when you don't see the staircase. And when you actually put that faith into action, he meets you halfway. And for us, it was like, we weren't sure how we were going to do it. We just knew that we were going to start a cosmetology program, right? There's a big gorilla in the room, elephant in the room, uh, current cosmetology program. But, you know, that didn't stop us from doing what we needed to do. During the pandemic, when everybody else was, you know, like, I don't know what's going to happen. We kept working, right? We kept working, number one. And then uh, next thing you know, the curriculum got approved by the state of New York because we kept working. During the pandemic. Right, during the pandemic. Then after that, one of our students was like, hey, my cosmetology uh, school is going out of business. You might want to call them to get some, some stuff. So we called them. And then she, what did she say? She's like, you hit the lottery. You you did hit the you lottery. hit you hit the lottery. I got everything that you need for your program, and you're all set. You hit the lottery. So, so so then on top of that, so you have those three things, and then we put everything in storage because we weren't sure where we were gonna go. We didn't have the place in sight or anything. And then next thing you know, the the space. So we have three storefronts next door to us. The fourth storefront became available. And, and the I'm, one, yeah. let me stop yeah, yeah, you there. Yeah. The one we, you and I had a conversation and I said, because remember you point across the street and said, maybe we'll go across the street. Mm -hmm. And I remember you said this may, and I said, this right here is perfect for the school. You yeah. just walk right in and you said, no, we just cut a wall. <laughs> cut a hole in the wall. Yep. You start cutting the wall yet? Yeah. Uh, not yet, but we will. Okay. We so, will. um, the, the wall is about to be cut. Yep. So it just, you know, um, that for me is going to lead me into this question. Mm -hmm. What encouragement would you give to these young people that have visions mm -hmm. and are afraid to kind of pursue their vision? Yeah. What, what, what advice would you give? You know, I think we started to talk about it before, like failure is part of the process. Right. In order to succeed, you got to learn how to fail. And if you think about it like a bullseye, right, you ever go into a bar where they have the darts and you got the bullseye and everything. Yeah. Every time you throw a dart at something and you miss, it gives you intel on how to succeed. So if you're trying to hit a bullseye and you throw a dart and it goes to the left, guess what? Your next attempt, you're going to throw it to the right mm -hmm. a little bit. So every failed attempt gives you intel on how to succeed. And I think for a lot of the time with our young people, they think that going through struggle, failing is a badge of shame when it's really something that qualifies you, right? Because a lot of our young people have more experience, more life experience 
than their teachers mm-hmm. when they go to school because they've they come from different backgrounds and different struggles and everything and that actually qualifies you what what they say God doesn't call the qualified hey. he qualifies the called hey. so <laughs> they they really have to understand that they've been qualified yeah. and what they think is a badge of of shame is really qualifi- qualifying them to be leaders in their community you just got to know where to look right because you go through you go through different things you realize that you're unconquerable right because anything that you last thing i'm gonna say anything that you teach a child to do while they're impressionable while their brain capacity is three to five times that of an adult exactly whether it's speaking a foreign language whether it's playing piano all of those things if you teach a child something very young and they maintain it throughout a adulthood Mm -hmm. it's like second nature it becomes like breathing so now imagine if you throw all of life's problems at them whether it's father incarcerated mom on drugs uh you know uh homelessness whatever the situation we all know the stuff that goes on in the hood when you actually go through that at a young age and you survive which all of them do pretty much um you realize that life actually gave you its toughest blows first while you are vulnerable, most vulnerable and impressionable. So as you grow to be an adult, you realize that you're unconquerable. Mm -hmm. So you can use those same skills that you learned as a child and, and really hone those skills and become a, a, a a successful adult. Is there something you tell your young self? What would that be? It would be, Trust the process. Mm, trust, trust, trust the process because my story. You, you <laughs> heard my story. That's that's a that's whole another segment. Interview. That's a whole that's another for the segment. Next but trust the process. You know, a lot of times, if you think about it, and and one of one of my guys at the shop has this quote that I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna copy. Yep. Right. There's nothing nothing wrong with being a copycat unless wrong. you copy the right cat. Right. Yep. <laughs> so. So he said, um, make your pain pay you, right? So if you think about no, it. No, I needed to say that again. Make, we weren't clear. Yeah. Say that again. Make your pain pay you. If you think about it, when you're at the gym, when you're working out, right? You're working out hard. Yep, the no next pain. day, you wake up sore, mm-hmm. but you know you did something mm-hmm. because you worked out before, right? So a lot of our young people have the pain before they have the results. So all of this pain has to go somewhere, right? So if you channel it the right way and and that fuels your desire when people tell you you can't, right? People tell you you won't, right? You make your pain pay you. All of the stuff that I've been through as a kid, guess what? You tell me I can't, I'm gonna use that as my fuel. And that's what I think we all should do as people is teaching our young people how to make that pain pays you. Charnay, I know we could sit here and talk all day. All day. And I really know we have so much. We gotta, you gotta come back. You gotta have a part two. Um, We're gonna definitely end. But before I really end, I wanna ask you a quick, 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 just a quick question. One one answer, right? If you, in your line of business, right, that you do, or in our line, what is one thing that you do that most people would be shocked to know? 
one thing that yep. I do. In our business, that we do, that most people, we probably already said it, but people will be shocked to know we did. That's a that's a loaded question, um, yeah. but I but I but I answer it. Um, customer service is everything. Customer service. Customer service is everything. You and I could be selling the same exact product, but if you deliver it in a way that I can't, that adds value to you. Okay. Right. Um, you know, and then also, if you make a habit of giving, <laughs> you don't ever have to worry about receiving. Exactly. If if giving becomes who you are and what you do with no with without receiving in sight, you don't ever have to be without. You you will never be without because you've given so much that people are waiting in line to reciprocate. So I will tell you, this was so great. We they we probably gonna be talking forever about this. Yeah. But this is part one. I really want to bring you back. So we could talk about some real in-depth stuff that we're actually going to be mm -hmm. doing mm -hmm. that you probably don't even know it's being done yet, but we're going to be doing it's it. It's all good. And I'll be suited up next yes, time. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. So we just want to bring you back and talk. But I want to say thank you. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you so, so, so much for taking the time and the sacrifice because most people are not aware of the sacrifice yeah. it takes to nurture and mentor somebody else. Thank you for taking the time for loving the community and loving children and our future this much. Thank you once again for being a part of EOB Salon Talk and Absolutely. I'll see you next time. Thank All right. you. Thank you for having me.